Hello and welcome back to the 90s Galore podcast. I'm your host, Andy Zaldivar, and we are here to bring you another exciting edition of the 90s Galore podcast. Back here tonight, we have a familiar guest on the show. Um, he's here for his second appearance. Uh, last time we were speaking on the band Tool, which, by the way, that episode did really, really well. And uh, we were excited about that episode. Uh, Mr. Jerry Feldman. Glad to have How's you back on. How you doing? Doing good. Glad to be back. Yeah, man. I'm really excited to have you back on. And um, like I said, your your episode really did well uh, the, when we profiled Tool. And it's awesome. actually, yeah, the second highest, most listened episode of the 90s Galore podcast. What do you think of that? I think it's awesome. And probably it was the timing of it all because they just had a new album come out, so... That's, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was last week or two weeks ago that it, it uh, was released. Yeah, I think it was last week. I've been listening to it on, you know, YouTube, Amazon Prime, whatever, and it's good. It's definitely very tool, <laughs> very tool-ish. <laughs> Long songs and tool-esque. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, I haven't got this, to listen to the whole thing, but uh, definitely looking forward to that. And and like I said, Jerry, that's. Uh, you were great on the last episode and that's by no accident. Um, you gave lots of insight on, on tool and music in general and technical aspects of a bunch of stuff. And, um, so tonight we're going to switch gears a little bit. And, uh, and by the way, the royalty check is in the mail, my friend. <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, actually, before we get into it, man, what have you been up to lately? Jerry? Um, not much. You know, just I, I work in like toy and kind of somewhat entertainment as yeah. far as like selling media and DVDs and Blu-rays and and that kind of thing. So it's cool kind of being in that, keeping Absolutely. abreast of all the new movies coming out and toys. And of course, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out later this year. So that's right. That'll that's... be that'll be something to talk about. <laughs> when is that release? Uh, I think December, is it? Yeah, it's like December, like kind of around Christmas. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, you're always doing cool things like going to New York City and for toy conventions and stuff like that, right? That's right. Yeah, I'll be seeing actually Iron Maiden this Saturday. Is that right? Where at? Uh, you know, it's I, I'm not sure exactly, but it's like down kind of near where they used to have like the Glen Helen Blockbuster Pavilion. It's like San, San Bernardino. San Bernardino. Or, yeah, it's kind of like that area. It's it's always way down there. Oh, December okay. uh, um, Highland maybe? Did you say? Did you say San? San uh, what was the name of that casino? It's uh, like San Manuel, right? San Manuel, that's right. Yeah. Oh, it's near there. Right. Okay. San Bernardino. Excellent, excellent, man. So I bet you're looking forward to that. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we got our tickets a year ago, so it's been this long. <laughs> wow. It's actually the Bank of California Stadium. I guess it's a new soccer stadium. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wherever well, that is. Right. You got me on that one, man. <laughs> uh, well, that's great, Jerry. That's great, man. And and I know uh I know like I I'm I'm really envious of, of your job, man. You get to travel and do cool stuff like that, man. Going to toy yeah. drive uh conventions and Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, man, that's that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, though, right, Jerry? That's right. Someone's got to do the dirty work and 
learn all about toys and comic books. <laughs> Excellent, man. And so we're, tonight we are discussing a very important piece of cinema and music, right? Um, oh, yeah. We're, we're going to combine the two mediums in the same way we did Boys in the Hood a few weeks ago. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, of course, I'm talking about Forrest Gump. Such a beautiful film. Unbelievable, unbelievable soundtrack as well as the score, which was done by Alan Silvestri, by the way. I mean, where do we even begin, Jerry? I mean, well, let's start with um, the movie, shall we? Sure. Uh, and then we'll just kind of jump back and forth between the movie and the soundtrack. And I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about with this film and, and the soundtrack. Um, Forrest Gump, which was released, uh, well, it premiered in, in Los Angeles on June 23rd, 1994. And, Same um, year as, like, if you remember, Pulp Fiction came out that year. Oh, man, yeah. I, 94 uh, is a pivotal pivotal year in my life, Jerry, by the way. And we'll get into a little bit more of that. Um, so, and like I said, it was, it was released in, on June 23, 1994, to the rest of the country on July 6, 1994. Um, like I said, what a year for me, Jerry. And I mm-hmm. mentioned this on the podcast from here, uh, before. It's... Um, very endearing year. I mean, I graduated from high school, went to the Navy. Um, just a lot of stuff that happened in my life and turned 18, you know, became an adult, quote unquote, uh, legal. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of great. Uh, like you, 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 and uh, mm-hmm. so the Lion King, remember the original Lion King? Oh, Jeez, how could I? How could yeah. I forget? Absolutely. Lion King. Uh, so where were you in 1994, Jerry? Take us back. 94? Uh, not, not too uh, far from you as far as, you know, just I was a year out of high school. I was 19. Okay. Kind of living on my own, going to see movies on my own or, you know, with a significant other at the time. And uh, I never saw Forrest Gump in the theater, I'll tell you that. I, that I definitely... Right? You know, didn't think it was going to be that much of a you know exciting or entertaining movie. I, I remember seeing The Lion King, Pulp Fiction, all these other movies in the theater, but I skipped Forrest Gump. It just did not look inter- interesting <laughs> or appealing. But it was later, a year later or whatever, on VHS mm-hmm. that I ended up with it somehow. I don't know if I bought it or somehow I just ended up with a VHS copy of it. And then I watched it and then I totally got it. I understood right away. <laughs> why it was such a great movie and why everyone was going nuts for it. And I think at, at first it was like, oh, the CGI, the, you know, CGI was a new thing. And the computer imagery was a new concept at that time. So everyone was saying Forrest Gump's great for that. So I think that's why I initially wanted to watch it to see how they made all these old characters come to life and erased Lieutenant Dan's legs. <laughs> but But the CGI doesn't get in the way of the story. So that's what I love about it. It's just there to kind of help tell the story absolutely absolutely yes and uh you know um with with with, yeah you mentioned the cgi you mentioned the uh, the computer all special effects and everything that they they did um it it was just yeah it was groundbreaking man and they really really um set the tone or it was pioneer Mm-hmm. It, pioneered, it was a pioneering type of movie for for that type of thing, 
and um, you think you, you saw things on that screen in that movie that you'd never seen before. And it's funny, I did get to see it in in the theater. I went and saw it, and man, I was just blown away. I was really, really just uh, ca- captivated, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, from the beginning of the, I mean, from just from the the first scene to the end of the movie, I was just really, really my intention was was just uh, captured, and uh, I walked out of there just feeling like, uh, what the heck, you know? I was I was really impressed, and um, so like I was going to ask you, yeah, you, you mentioned you saw it on VHS. Um, and I was expecting you, Jerry, you know, you're, you're one to stay uh, pretty hip and, and, and stay abreast of the, the latest releases and stuff like that. Uh, but w- let me ask you, what was your initial impression uh, of, of, of Forrest Gump? I mean, I you- think when I first saw it, um, you know, I, it just had so many different scenes and stories. Like, of course, him growing up, getting bullied by other kids and then becoming this football star and and then you know flash forward to vietnam which i really like the vietnam scenes because they were done really technically well mm-hmm. like like platoon type you know war scenes that were pretty gruesome at times and you know big explosions and the cool like Jimi hendrix music playing in the background right so i think that kind of like when I saw that those scenes that led me to believe that this is a big movie you know there's a lot of money behind it Oh, yeah. There's a lot of great storytelling, and it's not just some story about some simple guy. I mean, the <laughs> director and the producers or whoever, they're going, they're pulling out all the stops on this movie, and they're they spent some money to make it look great. And then, of course, once they get out of war and they go back to the hospital, then that's when you see some of the CGI with right. Lieutenant Dan with his legs being blown off. Right. But I just I think just the way that you were never bored because there is just so many different. Because it's just all the different aspects of Forrest's life and how he kind of goes from a simple small town guy to seeing the world and meeting all these presidents that you never kind of revisit the same themes that much. Right. I mean, you, I think you revisit like his feelings towards Jenny or for his small town, but you don't really, he doesn't really do the same things twice, right? He's, exactly. He doesn't do too many of the uh, great events more than once. So I, I think from that perspective, like, not being a sci-fi movie, not being a war movie or like a necessarily an action movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a kind of a drama, but it's got tons of action and, and it's a heartfelt movie, right? right? I mean, people probably, it's a tearjerker for most people. And, and it's a, a great story about America from that era. So it's, it's yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's like a history lesson, right? It takes you through uh different, um, points in his points in history in American history um, all the way back to like, you know, the revolutionary war. I mean, uh, so. Oh yeah. When they do Lieutenant Dan's backstory a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. They could have, that's exactly. pretty cool. And they talk about all of his military relatives, all the, the great history he has with being a family of great war heroes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, even the civil war. And, um, but yeah, like you said, that movie had a, um, a little bit of everything, some comedy, some tragedy, a little bit of drama, suspense, um, just an emotional roller coaster, man. It takes you like it's like going through a journey, man. Yeah. Like going through a journey, right? And, and I uh, think for me, too, it's like 
the storytelling is enhanced and almost makes you pay more attention, at least for me, with the great soundtrack and the great songs. Oh, absolutely. You know, they play the Credence song for Fortunate Son in Vietnam with the Jimi mm-hmm. Hendrix all along the Watchtower, you know, to uh, a lot of old 50s kind of doo-wop stuff when he's a kid. Yeah. He's getting, you know, beat up by the other kids. That's kind of fun. But, I mean, every era, you know, Jenny, when she goes to San Francisco, you'll hear like a bunch of hippie songs and yeah. the doors and stuff. And it's great. I think without that soundtrack, the movie is probably half as good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it was directed by Robert Zemeckis, Zemeckis excuse me, uh, who also directed Castaway, another uh, film starring Tom Hanks. Uh, the Back to the Future series, Romancing the Stone, just to name a few. And uh, yeah, I was gonna say, man, Back to the Future movies; those are pretty much as far as '80s movies mm-hmm, go mm-hmm. and trilogy. That's as epic as you can get, other than like Star Wars or something. But, right? Yeah, I mean Zemeckis. I, I think that's what wanted me to give this movie a chance too, because when you see Robert Zemeckis's name on that, oh yeah, that's huge. I mean, because his great body of work pretty mm-hmm. much came before Forrest Gump oh, and then of course Forrest Gump cast away and he did a few good movies after but all the great stuff he did was pretty much 80s and early 90s so this just kind of was like the the peak of his powers I would say for sure for sure he, he won best director for for the for Forrest Gump and um so yeah like you said man you see Robert Zemeckis directing it in this Right away, it piques your interest. Um, and I, you mentioned the soundtrack, Jerry. Uh, I definitely want to talk about the film, but let, let's get into the soundtrack for a little bit. You know, it, the soundtrack was actually released five days after the Los Angeles premiere. It, it was a two-disc set, something that was very, very, uh, you know, something you didn't really see, very uncommon back then. You know, even maybe now, I think uh, you don't see that too. You don't, well, obviously, you don't see CDs anymore, but, um, you know, in a period of time where compact discs were the thing, uh, you know, you, you didn't see two disc sets, let alone movie soundtracks with a two disc, uh, two disc set. Um, so that was very rare back then. Yeah, you know, I never, I did buy it the soundtrack but it wasn't until later i think i probably bought it used because it was a heck of a lot cheaper to buy it used (laughs) later on Uh but um yeah i mean i was a huge doors fan in the early 90s mainly because you know the doors movie was so huge in the early 90s that oliver stone movie so i really like the doors songs that are on you know the soundtrack but like weird songs that there's a doobie brothers song on the soundtrack I don't know if you remember the scene, but when he's running um, up the hill and he's running with all these people because he just felt like running and he's running across America. And there's a song called It Keeps You Running by the Doobie Brothers. Yes, That kind of plays in the background. It's like, I never really heard that song mm-hmm. before the soundtrack, before the movie. And then because of the movie and because of the soundtrack, I kind of sought that song out. And I was like, wow, it's a really awesome song that <laughs> I would have never known about. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that 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 particular song is on the soundtrack. But there's uh, so many more songs that did not get on the soundtrack. You mentioned all along all along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. Um, there's like 
four. And that's not on the soundtrack, is it? No, it's not. Oh, wow. And there's like four other door songs that didn't make it on the soundtrack. And, uh, yeah, because I know they play uh, that one song. People are strange. Um, People are strange and Lover Madly. Lover Madly, Hello, I Love because, You, Soul Kitchen. Yeah, and they're not on there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, you know, and Hey Joe by uh, Jimi Hendrix is not on there. Um, That's right. When he punches the dude at the Black Panther party, right. the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a trip. Okay. So yeah, it's a lot of those songs. I mean, they're such a huge part of the movie. Right. I mean, bummer that they're not on the soundtrack, but because they play such a big role in the movie, you, you could easily get those songs on their own anyway. Oh yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's just great how the movie is able to enhance its storytelling with those great songs. And it makes the scene much more powerful and, and it makes the song have a different meaning too. So correct, yeah, man. Of really course, cool. absolutely, Jerry. And, and by the way, Freebird, Freebird didn't get on the, didn't make it, didn't make it on the cut. Oh wow! Because <laughs> uh, that's the scene where Jenny's trying to jump off the the ledge. Yes. And they're playing Freebird, right? right. Yeah. Right. It's and it's of... that crazy part of the song where it gets really kind of fast. And exactly. Like the big crescendo part. And... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big, big uh, song too for that moment yeah yeah so great soundtrack again uh you know and it actually went uh multi-platinum in the united states mm. selling over six million copies so a hugely successful soundtrack just um, you know needless to say um and then we, we you know you look at the the rest of the soundtrack it's a who's who of 60s and 70s artists i mean the, we mentioned the doors already jefferson airplane Alvis, uh, Willie Nelson, Credence. We mentioned Cre- Cre- Credence cleared up. Oh, yeah. It's a tongue jerker. Huh? Credence Clearwater Revival, Jackson Brown, yeah. uh, Leonard Skinner, of course. And again, you know, Jimmy didn't make it. Hank Williams, Casey and the Sunshine Band, another band that didn't get on the uh, soundtrack, but whose song appeared in the movie. Right. You know, it's like and one thing you'll notice. Go ahead, Jerry. You'll, I was just going to say one thing you'll notice with the soundtrack that I just kind of notice now, mm-hmm. because the Forrest Gump is basically a movie about America. Right. From like the 1950s right up until the 90s, just about. Yes. You know, about a 30 year span, maybe 35 year span. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it's a love letter uh, and because it, it doesn't really show the, too much bad about America. It, it's a pretty uplifting movie. But every band on a soundtrack is an American band. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I didn't. So yeah. it kind of keeps with the theme of it being an American movie about American events from the fifties through the late eighties, and they right. don't sprinkle in any British bands. They keep it all American. So exactly, that's it's a great great observation. I, I didn't. I never saw that. Um, Maybe yeah. American bands were cheaper. <laughs> maybe it's cheaper to get them for the soundtrack who right. knows, but but I, I get it though it's a cool theme it, it keeps with i would say the fluidity of the movie mm, absolutely it actually peaked at number two on the u.s billboard 200 and it stayed there for seven weeks jerry until another soundtrack displaced it coincidentally do you want to know what uh can you guess can you tell me what movie that was what soundtrack from what, knocked it out? Yes, from which movie? You already mentioned it earlier. Well, B ninety four, right? So would it be a Pulp Fiction? No. Hmm. Lion King. Yes, okay. sir. Okay. Yeah, that's a big score. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of it, the Lion King took over, and uh, but uh, that's a cool little piece of trivia. Going back to the movie, though. I mean, what is yeah. it about the uh, about Forrest Gump, man? I mean, it makes it so special. I mean, we already touched on a, a few things, man. But the movie was ahead of its time, right? Utilizing the CGI, the visual effects, and uh, but in your in your opinion, though, I mean, again, I mean, what what do you think it is, man? That that just makes it so so special. Well, I think it speaks, and I don't want to, I don't mean to get too philosophical, but it speaks. Oh, please it do. It speaks to like. <laughs> The human condition of de- destiny, right? Everyone has a destiny mm-hmm. and a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, Forrest asks his mom, what's my special purpose, mama? And, uh, you know, her answer is you just got to figure it out for yourself. So I think Forrest, if you look at his life, he never had really a set plan. Every one of right. Forrest's plans were someone else's plan. When he was told to run, you know, he ran. And when he was told that he could run football for in football he ran as a you know punt receiver kickoff Mm -hmm. return person you know so he was told to do that he did it you know he was told to join the military he joined the military he was told about shrimp boating so he did that (laughs) so you know he never really had a destiny or a plan he just went with the flow of whatever presented and was ever presented his way and he did really well with that and it's kind of like the american idealism and some people have a set plan and they don't go by other people's plans. They do something specific and some are successful, some are not. Mm-hmm. Some have more of like a an empty mind Zen Buddhist way of approaching life. And that's kind of, I would right. say, how Forrest was. He didn't really have too many complex ideas or assumptions about himself or his future. Right. He just said, I'm going to go with the flow. and But he always did whatever he did to make the person he's doing it for proud of him or right. to kind of honor that person and give back to that person. So he kind of did all these tasks out of love or out of service for someone else. So in a way that's kind of why he's successful. And I think that's why people like and identify with the movie because uh-huh. it's, it's uplifting. It's got sad moments. Sure. Right. But because Forrest had his destiny of just, kind of following others but serving others and and it's almost kind of in a religious way without being religious but i think that's it's an an american optimistic kind of movie and story and maybe it doesn't resonate so well outside of america i don't know (laughs) i've never really you know thought or or even understood or what Uh you know contemplated what other people in other countries think about the movie but right it's very much an American optimistic story. I think, it, you know, it, it absolutely, Jerry, that's a brilliant way to describe it. I like what you did there. And, but the budget for, um, I don't know if this is a, any way to indicate what the you know, worldwide, worldwide or what other audiences thought of it outside of the United States. The budget was $55 million. It, it grossed at the box office $678 million, you know? Wow. So that 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 that's kind of a that could be an indicator, but um, you know, and it, it, it's it, everything that happened to Forrest kind of like by accident, you know. It was kind of uh, like you say he didn't have a plan. He didn't. Everything just kind of coincidentally happened to him, you know. And next thing you know, we're like going on this uh, the next journey, you know. He's he's running down across country, you know, all of a sudden. And then he's playing ping pong in the military, and then he's 
you know, just yeah. And then he's playing football at Alabama. It's just like wow, and it's just the made the way they made it is just so believable and realistic. The way that you know things kind of uh, you know the the narrative happened. You know the way things unfolded is like wow, that's so believable. That could really happen. You believe that 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 could happen to someone. You know, and so I think that was um, another piece that was uh, very uh, identifiable to people. You know, it was kind of a simple yet, you know, simple, believable, um, you know, course of events. But um, yeah, and I think he just he never got discouraged. Right. I think because he had like an, you know, I don't want to say an empty mind, but you know how. He wasn't thinking deep thoughts or complex thoughts ever, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, exactly. he always just had this sense of optimism and goodness about him and right. every task he did, he did to the best of his ability. He never got discouraged or never let anyone's ridicule get to him. Mm-hmm. And he just did his task without any complaint or whatever and was very successful, you know, with the shrimp boating, with being in the military and saving other people. Even when he decided to retire and cut the grass at the church for free, you know, (laughs) there's that scene where he's just, I cut the grass for free, you know, (laughs) everything he was optimistic and and positive about, but the only thing he couldn't have was Jenny, Jenny, you know, and that's the only time you really ever saw him confused or upset or just feeling probably depressed, which you would never see him really act that way in any other scene in the movie other than why Jenny wouldn't want to be his wife, why Jenny wouldn't want to live with him and be with mm-hmm. him. Because mm-hmm. he just, in his mind, I think he already, that's the only thing he probably had planned and the only thing he had a destiny for was to be with her. Right. Everything else he allowed to happen accidentally. But, and it's kind of ironic that the one thing he did have a plan for, he couldn't achieve. But everything else that he didn't really have a plan for he excelled at and became a great success at. So I think that's, that's a a cool, like dichotomy of the story that I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it's, it's sad though. That's kind of like the the sad moments when you watch the movie and you see that, you know, she bails on him or she won't love him back the way Mm -hmm. he does because she doesn't think he's smart enough to understand that. And those are the, the sad angsty parts of the movie that, you know, you want a resolution for Forrest, but ultimately, you never get it, at least right. from that perspective. It, and then, what was the um, line where he said he tells her, "I may not be smart, but I know what love is." I think he said, You're "Right," because he uh, says, "I love you, Jenny," and she says, "You don't know what love is." And he says, "I may not be a smart man, but I know what love is." <laughs> I like that's that. A great yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. Yeah, thanks. That's a great line because it embodies his character and why you know yeah. he's yeah. so motivated to be with her maybe because he can't have her i don't know but poor guy you know? right i know he's, you feel for him i think with her i mean you see her backstory she doesn't come from a good home not mm-hmm. that forest's home is all that great either he doesn't have a dad and the mom seems to have her own loose morals in a way mm-hmm. but but jenny's house is a mess you know the dad is doing god knows what with her she doesn't have a mom. Right. She obviously lives in poverty. Mm-hmm. And there's at one point a scene where the police come to her house and take her out of the house. And she goes to live with her grandma. 
and it's really sad to see this horrible life that this poor girl had to live in. And then as she grows up, she's always trying to search for something that isn't there, you know, happiness and right. whether it be drugs or men or whatever. And she even has that moment where she's contemplating suicide, which is, you know, really kind of a sad moment too. But I don't think Forrest understands all that. You know, he doesn't really get it. Right. It was the, yeah, exactly. He wasn't kind of uh, almost oblivious to any, to all of it. And, um, but definitely, Jerry, I like how you explain that, man. And uh, At this moment, Jerry, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. You got it. And three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are here on the 90s Galore podcast talking with Jerry Fellman. We're talking about the brilliant film and soundtrack Forrest Gump. Um, going back, yeah, we're talking about the movie, Jerry, about um, Jenny <laughs> and uh, Forrest and how they ended up together. And uh, Tom Hanks was absolutely brilliant, by the way, right? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Tom Hanks, I, what made him so good, if you remember just a few years prior to Forrest Gump, I would say in 88 or 89, he was in that movie Big. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Big where he played like Absolutely. a 13-year-old boy? So mm-hmm. he kind of had to play a simpleton role mm-hmm. in Big, and he did such a great job. It was such a good character, and everything was, I think, fantastic about that movie. I loved it. So for him to transition from you know, playing a 13-year-old kid to right. a, a man with a very simple intellect, it wasn't too much of a stretch for him. But, I mean, with Forrest, obviously he had to you know play an adult. So, yeah, I think he did a great job, and I don't think a lot of people thought he could do it, and he definitely showed his range. Uh-huh. And more than anything, you know, Tom Hanks is the actor that just comes off as likable and lovable, you know? Yeah, yeah. No one, I don't think anyone on Earth has anything bad to say about that guy, so. No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Gary Sinise, Lieutenant Dan, right? Another outstanding performance. And by the way, Jerry, yeah. did you know... I'm sorry, what you kind of cut out. Oh, did you know he did you know Gary Sinise lives in Moorpark? Yeah, you know, I I heard about that and he's got his band, like the Lieutenant Dan band. Dan's, yeah. Yeah, yeah Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, Lieutenant yeah, Dan band. He does um a lot of charity work. He's been doing charity work for geez, like twenty five years or something for veterans veterans, yeah yeah. you know people like Mm -hmm. you that have served our country thank you for your service (laughs) yeah i gotta get in touch Um, with him he's a good dude he never really did much with movies other than i think him and tom hanks were in apollo 13 right the next year so they did do that together but he went Mm -hmm. to like ncis or whatever those uh those movies are, I mean, those, uh, that, that long running TV show. I never watch it. I don't know anything about it, but you know what I'm talking about, uh-huh. right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, like he yes. did that forever. Like, I think he's still doing that show to this day. So he's oh, a likable wow. guy too. Salt of the earth, For very sure. honest, very open and, and does a lot of charity, but he didn't have, I guess the ability to continue in major movies like Forrest Gump, which is weird because his Lieutenant Dan is so good because he's dark. He's very moody. He's also very committed. And then 
when he loses his legs and he, you know, grabs Forrest Gump off that bed when they're both in the, uh, I guess the infirmary or in the veterans hospital. Mm-hmm. And he's like in this mm-hmm. enraged madman kind right. of state when he like rips him out of his bed and drags him to the ground and says, you cheated me out of my destiny. You know, look at me, look at me. I'm a freak. And then he makes him look at right. his legs that got chopped off. And, and then he just, yeah. you know, he's uh, shaking and he's like foaming at the mouth. And then at a certain point, you know, he says, look at me, I'm nothing now. And he's like, and Forrest says, well, you're Lieutenant Dan. And then he just like right. kind of lets him go and moves away and says, well, what am I going to do now? You know, I, I got nothing. And that's a really powerful scene. And that requires some major acting chops to pull it off the way he did. Oh, absolutely. And uh, again, it, it came full circle when, uh, you know, later on, Lieutenant Dan gets his uh, some prosthetic legs and, he actually becomes grateful to gets to, uh, what, to Forrest. What Forrest says, he, his, you know, he extended his life and he helped him say he saved his life. Right. He was grateful. His magic legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a great scene. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and again, going back to the cast, Robin Wright, you know, Jenny and uh, Sally Field as as, as the mom, uh, Michael T. Williamson as Bubba. Yeah, and the role of Bubba was actually offered. I don't know if you knew this, Jerry, but. It was offered to a uh, few actors, David Allen Greer, Ice Cube, uh, Dave Chappelle. And uh, they all turned it down. They all turned it down, man. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it had to do with the, you know, again, uh, something that um, they didn't think it was. Uh, well, I read that uh, some, some of the actors uh, didn't think it was going to do well. And so they turned down the roles and uh, the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. Right? And, and just like you, you know, you said earlier, yeah, you know. I didn't think Forrest Gump was appealing. It didn't look yeah. appealing. So I just kind of waited for it to come out on VHS. And um, I was so, definitely you know. late to the party because, you know, in the early 90s, you had the Batman movies. You had, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Doors movie, like I said, that was great. Natural Born Killers. I remember I ran out and watched that. Oh, yeah. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. You know, Lion King, Jurassic Park. There's a lot of good movies coming out around that time. Um, but movies like Shawshank Redemption. Right. Schindler's List. Oh my goodness! And Forrest Gump. Jeez. I was like, why would I watch these? There's no action. There's no superhero. <laughs> there's there's no like violence. There's, those are boring movies. But later, you know, on VHS or even in some instances, waiting till DVD, you know, seeing those movies later, it's like, whoa, man, I really missed the boat because these are all fantastic movies. In some ways, yeah. way more watchable. You know, I could go back and revisit Forrest Gump anytime and watch it from start to finish and never be bored. Absolutely. Uh, same with like Shawshank or Schindler's List or whatever. But try to put on Natural Born Killers and and get through twenty minutes of it before you're just like, this is stupid. You know, like the <laughs> violence and the story is just it's just dumb. It's just so predictable and senseless. There's no real heart or meaning behind it. You know, and you know, I think even some of the Pulp Fiction is like that too. It's it's kind of silly and it doesn't really uh-huh. have a great story either. But but Forrest Gump, to this day, you know, if it just happens to be on TV, if I'm surfing through channels and it just pops up, I'm gonna You're I'm gonna find it. time and watch the whole rest of it, or you know, at least watch some scenes that I remember and really enjoy because it's just that good, you know. No doubt, no doubt. And um, do you have a favorite character of, of on Forrest Gump? From Forrest I mean, Gump? other than Forrest himself, it would be. It'd be Lieutenant Dan. Mm-hmm. 
It'd be Lieutenant yeah. Dan, yeah, because he's just yeah. great. Because sure. yeah, his story, his um, character has such a great arc. You know, this supposed war hero or this future war hero who gets stripped of that and has to run the shrimp boat. You know, and and then you know has this big life change. You know, he's a drunk. Yeah. At a certain point, you know, he's uh, he has no direction, and Forrest gives him the direction. It's it's really a great story, and there's that scene too when they're going through that crazy hurricane, I think at the time it might've been hurricane Ivan or something, uh-huh. but all the other shrimp boats got wiped out. And the only boat that remained was the Jenny, which is Forrest's <laughs> shrimp boat. But during that crazy storm, you know, Forrest was doing his best to keep the boat afloat. You know, I think there was a nighttime scene in the wind and the rain and the waves were just knocking that boat crazy. But you saw Lieutenant yeah. Dan on the top of the boat, you know, he's like kind of strapped in, I guess it's the mast or whatever you want to call it, but he's screaming. He's right. screaming at God is who he's really yelling at. I mean, he's screaming at the storm, but he's like basically saying, come on, you son of a bitch, you know, give me your best shot. Is this the best you got? Cause for a while uh, there, he had a death wish. He pretty much wanted to die after he lost his legs hmm. and the war was over. Right. He didn't really care about life. He kind of did the shrimp boat thing reluctantly. It wasn't his idea. But I think at that scene, he was like, go ahead and take me now. I'll, you know, give it to me. But obviously, <laughs> the boat doesn't sink. Neither character dies. And that next day, if you remember, Lieutenant Dan tells Forrest, I never thanked you for saving my life. And then he, like, jumps off the boat and then kind of does his backward paddle into the, I guess, just into the water. And Forrest kind of does a mm-hmm. little narrative saying, I think he made his peace with God because... He was thankful. Yeah. yeah. At that point, he realized, you know what? I guess I'm here for a purpose. Absolutely, Jerry. Absolutely, man. And uh, Forrest Gump won Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role, and Tom Hanks had won the previous year for uh, Phil- Remember Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, it's a good movie. I liked it. Yeah. 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 Best Director, Best Visual Effects, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Film Editing. And uh, I mean, just uh, clean, clean house, really, a really clean house, man. And um, also, Jerry, I wanted to, you mentioned we were talking about the VHS thing. It was released on April 27, 1995 on VHS. Mm-hmm. So go back, uh, go, going back in time, man. And, you know, April 27, 1995, I was in, uh, I was actually about to embark on a six. Um, to you know, the Persian Gulf. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it takes me back, man. All, all these dates, uh, you know, uh, this era, again, like I said, the, the 1994 was a year for me, man. And um, my, the formative years, right? Uh, actually, I was already at the end of my uh, adolescence, 18, 19 years old, but nonetheless, um, as part, you know, still part of my, teenage years Um, i mean i could say too just from my perspective you know when the when i saw it on vhs it was yeah like 95 i was 20 years old and yeah i just had a kid Mm -hmm. i had a my Mm, my oldest and didn't end up staying with the woman that i had the kid with so it's like the end of a bad relationship so it's kind of like a a jenny situation in my eyes (laughs) no i felt (laughs) like forrest and i felt like my ex was the jenny so, 
Yeah. I mean, you always relate art to your own life, you know, movies and songs right. and experiences, whatever. So art imitates life. Yeah. Uh-huh. So in a way I found the movie very relatable on a few different levels to just me and, you know, cause Forrest ended up a single dad at the end. Right. Yeah, absolutely. He was a single dad. Yeah. And, and if you remember, it's like, you know, when Jenny tells him he's sick and that she's going to die, you know, mm-hmm. he kind of is ready and he's accepting of that. But at the same time, there's that scene when he is first introduced to his son. And it's the only time, if you remember, that he acknowledges that he's slow or that he's dim-witted because he looks at Jenny and then he looks at the boy and he says, is he? He doesn't finish the sentence. Oh, but he's right, like saying, well, right. is he whatever? And then she says, no, he's mm-hmm. smart. You know, he can do all of his ABCs and he can count it, whatever. So she like finishes yeah. his thought by saying that he's not like Forrest as far as whatever mental deficiency Forrest had. So that that's kind Correct. of an important scene too, because throughout the rest of the movie, you know, he didn't like being called stupid. He didn't like whatever, but it never really got to him or it never really bothered him. And he never really acknowledged it. You know, it's only in the, in that scene that he really acknowledged that he knows he was different and slower than everybody else stupid is stupid does right <laughs> are you stupid or something <laughs> right? yeah everyone pretty much you know throughout Forrest's life when he does something unusual or does something that most people won't do they look at him and say uh-huh. are you stupid or something <laughs> and he had oh and he had God. the best comeback you know right stupid is a stupid does right. so <laughs> no, that's uh, yeah and going back to Tom Hanks man that guy uh Gosh, what a what an unbelievable performance! And I got to see him uh, perform live on stage uh, recently. Oh, I think it was two years ago in uh, Los Angeles at a, at an outdoor theater uh, performing uh, Henry VIII. Really? And uh, yes, and it was that's um, right because you, you did some acting oh, back in the day, didn't you? Right, right. I did. Um, I was on Mad TV and. Uh, I was in 1990. Oh, excuse me, not 2005. I was the uh, Jose Canseco lookalike, which you can see that um, episode or that. Uh, it was my 15 minutes, man. <laughs> my, it was a speaking role and everything. It, you can go on YouTube and uh, look up uh, uh, Matt TV steroids. It was a play on the uh, whole uh, Jose Canseco, Matt. Uh, excuse me, Jose Canseco. Uh, and like Mark Mark Major McGuire, League baseball steroid. Yeah controversy right so did you play right, Canseco so I played oh, Canseco. I was in a, <laughs> a white and green uniform and again you can go on YouTube and check out Matt TV steroids you can see me in action I'll have to look that up as a, 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 a as a Jose Canseco lookalike or double that's great so yeah. and yeah yeah so um that's uh so yeah I, I did get to see him live and it was great and uh uh, um, awesome uh, performer. Uh, you just, uh, I, by the way, live performances are, are so so fun to watch, man. So fun to watch. I don't know if you go to a play. I've seen some, yeah. I've just, seen some some plays that um, featured yeah. some pretty well known actors, and yeah, it's fun. And you know, if there's a mistake or if someone flubs a line, they just go keep plowing right through it. They just 
go right through it. There's no stopping and cut. There's none of that. You just go right through it right. And, and pick up where you left off. And and it's not easy to do, but at the same time, it uh, you have much more respect for those actors. Exactly. Exactly. And then uh, there's another gentleman, another actor yeah, that was uh, Joe Morton. I don't know if that rings a bell for you. Mm, no. He was uh, the actor from Terminator 2. He played the uh, uh, Miles Dyson. The, the black Cyberdyne. guy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Skynet. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was the inventor of the, uh, well, he, he's director of the special effects, or not special effects, but he... Uh, he reconstructed he the, the hand, the, like, right, the arm? They reconstructed the, the hand. The Terminator yeah. arm, like, he took that and... and reverse engineered it or something right exactly and actually and uh so that was him uh also performing and it was great another great performer doing you know uh henry the eighth um but anyways jerry going again forrest gump man there's so many it's a rabbit hole right you can take forrest gump and you can talk about i mean just a multitude of, of things, man. The themes, the, the music, the, the scenes, the, um, you know, just all kinds of stuff. All kinds of I stuff think, you take from Forrest yeah, Gump. It's, it's simple. I think for like hardcore movie critics or really highbrow movie critics that want intellectual movies and, and deep, you know, uh, nonlinear stories where the story can mean multiple things. I think... Uh-huh. If you look at reviews, they mostly crap all over, all over um, Forrest Gump, saying that it's, it's a silly story, it's, it's shallow, it doesn't really have a whole, much depth to it at all. It's a, it's like kind of a simpleton story, right? These, but right. if you look at it from a kid's perspective, or let's say, you know, a high schooler or, or middle schooler who's trying to learn American history, and wants to know about the uh-huh. '60s or the '70s or even the '80s it's a great teaching tool, you know, in a lot of ways, because oh, if yeah. you want to learn about the Vietnam war and the protests, it's there. If you want to learn about, you know, meeting the, the presidents <laughs> and, you know, where they were, Watergate is even explained a little bit. It's there. You know, I'd say even some of the optimism of Reagan era is there. So mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that Billy Joel song. We didn't start the fire. You know, when he goes through all these different eras of American history or world history, I think Forrest... It was always burning. Yeah, that's a great song, too. And, you know, I think a lot of the same thing. Critics think, oh, it's glib, it's silly. I like the parallel. But, yeah, I think if I were, you know, I've showed my kids Forrest Gump, and I think they like it. They don't quite see the same magic in it that I see. But as far as, like, if you just tell them, look, this is basically a love letter to America for this era seen through the eyes of a very simple man, you know, (laughs) a a simple Uh guy that does all this cool stuff. And during his journey, you're going to learn something about what America was like during these time periods, you know? Right. That's a great way to put it. Great way to put it. And did you know, by the way, that, uh, uh, Forrest Gump was based on a book. Yeah. Winston groom. Winston Grimm, I yes. actually I listened to the audiobook once. Oh, okay. It's uh really how long did that take you? Uh, I don't know, maybe a week or two, not very long, you know. I just listened to it when uh-huh. I had time or working out or whatever. But it's it's mm-hmm. pretty different. 
it's not entirely the same. There's a monkey in it, and they end up going to space. <laughs> Is that yeah, right? There's, there's a lot of um, moments where it doesn't quite line up with the movie. But uh-huh. but you can tell, I think, Zemeckis and, and whoever else kind of wrote this the screenplay, they did their best to kind of adapt it, but um, it doesn't quite jive the same way. And there's actually a sequel called Gump and Company mm-hmm. that, that right. is, I, I think, more about the, I would assume, the shrimp boat business. Yeah, I think it's based on, uh, on those, uh, you know, adventures of, of, of boat... Um, a forest and uh going through the shrimp shrimp boating business um and going back to bubba mm-hmm. bubba gump what about the bubba gump shrimp company which uh which was inspired oh the right, restaurant by, by the you know film, what by the restaurant yeah, chain and yeah. i'm glad we're doing this podcast I'm, I'm glad we're talking about forest Gump because i you know i was telling you i'm going to universal studios for the halloween horror nights in a couple weeks I, I go to uh-huh. theme parks, Disneyland, Universal all the time. It's fun, whatever. But whenever I'm at Universal City Walk in Hollywood, where we mm-hmm. live, or near where we live anyway, um, I love going to that Forest Gump restaurant because when you go in there, or the, the Bubba Gump restaurant, because when you go in there, um, not only are there a lot of relics from the movie, some are just replicas. They're not the real props. I think they have some real right. props, but mainly it's just replicas right. of the props. But Mm-hmm. And you sit down and you are ready to order your meal and the waitress comes to your table. She'll ask you a bunch of um, trivia about the movie. And it's just part of the experience right. of dining there. I mean, you don't get anything if you answer everything right. But she'll throw some easy questions at you. And then as you know, once they know that your knowledge is a little better, then the questions get a little harder. I remember one time going mm-hmm. in there and I pretty much I nailed every single one. Almost like twenty questions because I think at a at a certain point they're like, "Wow, this guy really knows his stuff." So I'm going to go deep and really ask some hard ones. So yeah. oh man, but but here's the the um, discrepancy I have with well, there's a discrepancy with Bubba Grump, the the, the restaurant. Yeah. You know, there's um, I asked for a, a Dr Pepper. Yeah, you know, and they don't they don't offer. I don't know if they oh, still really, don't, but when I. I went like two years ago to a Bubba Gump, and I think it was the one in Long Beach. Okay. And they, By the Queen Mary, asked for right? Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Right. And lo and behold, they don't serve Dr. Pepper. Oh, that's they didn't, silly. They didn't back then. And I said, wait a minute. What are you, my Bubba Gump restaurant, and inspired by the movie Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump's favorite drink was yeah, Dr. Pepper, right. right? I had myself about 15 Dr. And, Peppers. Uh, I was I was disappointed. Yeah, Jerry. I was like, what's going That's on? That's weird. Probably because oh. probably because Dr Pepper is Coca Cola and Sprite and that whole division, and I'm sure they're more like Pepsi. So Pepsi is like right. Mr Pib or whatever other nonsense. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. Man. Well, well, that was interesting to to find out. But uh, hey, Jerry, this has been an excellent, excellent. Um, journey. Yeah, it's been fun talking. To, yeah, talking about Bubba, Bubba, Forrest, Lieutenant Dan, Jenny, Jenna. Um, we have to and do this did again you ever, very I soon. I guess just to to close everything, I don't, I didn't do the research, yeah. but um, has Forrest Gump been recognized as culturally relevant and 
put in the U.S. What is it? The archives. I know that, that there's a national registry for culturally relevant books, movies, and like songs and stuff. And I'm not sure if Forrest Gump made it to that, but it, it, it has. has. Okay. The, the lime. Cool. In 2011, 2011, the Library of Congress. That's what it is, Library of Congress, um, right? Yeah, got the, uh, selected the film, and it's in the uh, yeah. Great point. Great, glad you brought that up. It's in the National Film Registry as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically sign- significant. Yeah. So it is in there. Thank you for bringing that. Yeah, up yeah, here. no worries. Well, I mean, that's just it's an important thing for any work of art in America because of it's course. like a time capsule. So once it goes into the Library of Congress. You know, film students, regular students, immigrants coming to our country, whatever. If they want to see what's mm-hmm. considered culturally relevant, they want to go by the dates, go by the years. I'm glad that Forrest Gump is there, so they can yeah. they can look at it because it doesn't really say much about 1994, but it says so much about America leading up to 94. So, yeah, it's cool that it's there. De- deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's a great point. I got to check that out too, by the way, Library yeah. of Congress. Washington, D.C. You could, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to look that up. But Jerry, we got to definitely do this again, man. I want to thank you for being on the 90s Galore podcast once again. Um, it's always an enjoyable experience coming when you come on. And uh, we definitely got to do this. Uh, well, maybe we'll do it on a, a horror flick that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Or um, Pulp Fiction, maybe, Pulp man. Pulp Fiction's great. I don't know. Yeah. Jurassic Park, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, thanks mm-hmm. for having me. It's always fun, and I appreciate the opportunity, and I hope I don't bore your listeners too much. No, I think uh, I think they like you, man, just the same. And if, you're, if so, your listeners only knew, we have similar conversations basically in our street while holding and drinking <laughs> beers with our wives in the distance. Exactly. So this is really no different we're, other than we're not in the street drinking beer and it being like noon on Labor Day. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right, exactly. We're, uh, I think we're we're sober right yeah. now, pretty we're much sober right? and getting yeah. ready for work tomorrow. That's very exciting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but definitely, Jerry, we'll 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 have you on uh, soon. Thanks again for taking the time. No worries, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to do it for us tonight. On the '90s Galore podcast. We've had a lot of fun doing Forrest Gump, and uh, again, I want to remind you to. Follow us on Twitter at 90s Galore and as well as on Instagram at 90s Galore, uh, excuse me, at 90s underscore Galore. That's 90s underscore Galore. Leave me a voice message on any of the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spreaker, whatever you listen, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Drop me a line. Let me hear from you. And wherever you're listening to us, thank you for following us. Thank you for being here. We will see you next time. So until then, take it easy. Take it easy.